Nowhere California is currently in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign. If you wish to donate, please go to kickstarter.com slash project slash nowhere dash josh slash project dash nowhere. Anything that you could do would help us up a lot. Welcome to Nowhere California presents our conversation with Simi. Hey, this is Josh. I'm flying solo. So you know what that means. It's another phone interview with um, great, talented, creative people. And like I said, at the top of it, we're talking with Simi Anthony. He is the star of The Death Factory, or The Factory, or The Butchers. There's a lot of titles to this movie, and we kind of discussed the reasoning behind those titles. It's another Hollywood uh, money reason, but... Whatever you want to call it, still, it's a great independent horror movie. A group of people are lost in this... Basically, it's a serial killer museum, but it's more like the ghost town uh, museum. But there's somebody roaming around, Anthony, playing the character of JB, that is resurrecting all these world-famous serial killers, more, more appropriately infamous serial killers, such as Jack the Ripper, Ed Gain, Jeffrey Dahmer, the list goes on. It's a great movie if you get a chance to check it out. Without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Semi about this project and uh, everything else about his career. Okay, we are now joined by Semi. Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing today? Ah, pretty good. Had an early shift this morning and glad to be doing this now. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out here in California. Oh, yeah, it, it's been a nice one. Even with the clouds and everything, it's been pretty good. Yeah, so I guess the best way to jump right in is uh, start from the beginning. Uh, you have an interesting background to your road to Hollywood. Uh, how about you tell our listeners uh, where you were born? I was born in uh, Kampala, Uganda, that is uh, in East Africa. And uh, I uh, came to the United States in 2006 to pursue acting as a career. Nice. What was, the, what was your first introduction to, into the world of entertainment uh, back home? Yeah, you know, I uh, was acting since 15 in school and everything, but, you know, everything had to come to a stop due to lack of uh, funds and resources. You know, I was kind of like waiting for the right time to, you know, to hit Hollywood, but the chance didn't come until six, you know. But I was, uh, I've always been an actor since I was little. I just didn't have the right resources to do it professionally. That's awesome. Uh, what made you want to take that leap and make the move to the States and get to Hollywood? Um, you say when I wanted to make that move? Uh, what, what was the, the catalyst? What was the thing that made you decide that the time was right to make the move? You know, the time was never right. It's only that uh, it came up at a time where, you know, I had nothing else to do but to come out here and pursue that. Because I'm very passionate about acting and everything, and I won't take to me anywhere else, you know, other than the United States, because I always knew everything is out here in Hollywood. I just didn't know what Hollywood looks like. You know, I just came out, I landed in New York, you know, went to Boston, still didn't know anything about Los Angeles. I played a couple of years, I think a year and a half. I flew to LA for a week, went back to Boston, and came back to Full Glory, and uh, straight, I started training in studios and stuff. The best way to look at it. Um, how would you describe your life uh, when you first landed? Like you said, you were living in Boston. Uh, 
was it at first like disconcerting, or did you just kind of keep focus on the goal at hand? You know, man. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of things in place, but uh, you know, like I said, acting was always in my mind. I always wanted to do it. Just we was again waiting for the right time to come to LA and do it. But again, in New York and Boston, it was a whole different story because it's sort of like the wrong city for what I needed to do. You know. But I was there, I had to go through some stuff, I uh, did some art jobs, like construction, just to, you know, stay afloat. I did a lot of, uh, you know, um, taking care of our little kids for a family that didn't even know me, just to survive, you know. But then I didn't do any training out there, because again, it's, there's nothing out there acting-wise. So I stayed in trying to get in the system, and when I came to LA, that's when I started, uh, like, doing it professionally, you know, training, doing background work and everything. Um, as an actor, um, and I looked through your IMDb uh, list and everything, you got some really great projects on there. What what aspects do you look at a, a project before signing on? Um, right now, I, I really have no uh, preference. I don't pick and choose. Whatever I get my hands on, I just thank God for it because there's a lot of people out here who don't even have the chance to read for a project, you know? So if it's a horror film, comedy, drama, whatever I can get my hands on, I'm happy with it. I mean, after, I know, I can do a lot of things. Uh, so I do not discriminate when it comes to projects. Oh, uh, definitely. Um, now to uh, what brought us together on this. Uh, what led you to the Death Factory project? Um, like I said, I started out in uh, background work. So uh, doing that, I met a couple of friends, a couple people that went on to become my friends. Uh, when I was talking to one of the guys who's now a good friend of mine, his name is Steven Durham, and he's one of the writers of this story. We sat together, he had a project, but he wasn't ready. So I told him, you know what, man, I've been doing background work, and I need to do some serious acting. You know, I'm not going to be doing this forever. I don't know nobody here. And he said, don't worry, man, I'll help you out. So we joined forces, him and I, we put together a team of uh, creative-minded people. And uh, out of that came the genesis of the butchers. You know, I spent a lot of time with him, and he ended up rewriting the story just to fit me as JB, you know, and that's how we came up with the time with the film gets back to it. It's an interesting film. It's very intense, and honestly, as much horror movies as I do watch, it's a very original storyline. And I, I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed the that the story aspect of it a lot. Thank you. Um, quick question. Thank you. Not a problem. During the my research and everything, I noticed that the movie was kind of ba- placed under two titles. Um, what what title do you guys go with most of the time? Is it The Butchers or Death Factory? London to sell the film, he also changed the movie to the factory. 
you know. So out here, it's called Butchers in London. It's called the Factory, and I'm, I think if I'm not mistaken, in Germany, it's still called the Factory. But everywhere out of those regions, it's called the Factory. Yeah, I've noticed that in a lot of different movies in Hollywood, basically how they get retranslated in other locations, even the title gets changed up. Yeah, it, usually it does, but I mean, there's a lot of politics in the business. It depends on what makes a lot of sense, you know. But for hours, uh, the guy said, you know, the title is more marketable to the whole of fans and stuff. And we were like, okay, no problem. You know, it's only three regions, so as long as he gets to stay outside of those three regions, we're okay with that. Definitely. Uh, you talked a little bit about how the script was developed. Uh, the story, um, how was the story inspired and developed? Uh, was there any aspects that your friend uh, gave you details on, or was it kind of you just jumped right in? Uh, you know, I'm not really jumping in. What happened is uh, the story, um, as you can see, is based on real people, but not real events. Yeah. You know, and I wanted the whole world to come. There's a lot of people out there who don't even know about Jack the Ripper. You know, but if you bring those type of people to life, you know, it, you know, inspire a lot of people. They're gonna get back, get some books to read about these people, and you know, know what I used to do back in the days and stuff. So when I heard that, you know, I did more of my research on all these people, and I kind of like it. Kind of like helped me to prep for the role for the character. You know, when we're doing the uh, character. tell from your character that the intensity that you put into him and everything, there is a lot behind the... Yeah, there was a lot of work. I had to work with uh, a guy. His name is Kali. He was my son double. I had to work on my action for more clarity. I had to work on my strike choreography with this guy. He was cold. Man, there was a lot of stuff going on at the same time, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how was it working with the casting crew on this production? Man, we were all like uh, uh, business-minded people. We loved the game, you know. There was no really major snacks. Everybody loved what they're doing, you know. As long as you're said it, you know what you're supposed to do with it, you know. People were very funny and cool, you know. Um, there was nobody really I can point at it. That's awesome. Uh, not to give any spoilers away towards the ending, uh, but I would really love to know, how was the final fight scene put together? How much choreography did you and Damon and Plucker had to go through? And just, 
I, honestly, that fight scene was one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Thank you. We did, uh, we had, uh, I would say, almost every day for two weeks. You know, almost every day, you know, in, on, on that concrete, you know, you take the poles, a couple of bruises here and there, you know, not major, but, you know, a couple. But, uh, you know, you know, Damien, he's, uh, I think he is an ex, uh, professional kickboxer, something like that. Yeah. So we even made it easier for, you know, those kicks you saw him, you know, doing the film. But those last ones, we uh, rehearsed those scenes uh, almost every day for two weeks. You yeah. know. It definitely shows. Um, with, with the release of the movie and everything, what are your hopes for the movie in the upcoming months? Uh, with the movie and um, getting its release and everything, uh, what are we, what are your hopes for the next couple of months for Death Factory? Uh, you know, I think the, uh, it's been released uh, for a couple of months now. You know, it's just uh, keep getting released in different, uh, you know, uh, outlets. But yes, it's getting us uh, in a better position to prep for Death Factory 2, which is uh, going to be in development in July Oh, I, I was wanting to hear that after not giving anything away from the ending. After the ending, I want a Death Factory 2. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to be uh, uh, July, uh, July of this year. I think we're going to be into uh, uh, production. That's awesome, man. Uh, honestly, Simi, thank you so much for uh, coming on our show and talking with us. Where can we find you online, and is there any other projects or productions that are coming up that you'd like for us to know about? That is awesome. Uh, like I said, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Not a problem.